Hello again, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Lunch Pail Podcast alongside Mike Nizolik, the Virginia Tech football beat writer for the Roanoke Times. This is Aaron McFarling, sports columnist for the Roanoke Times. It is Virginia, Virginia Tech Week. It is Thanksgiving week. You know what that means. Uh, so we'll be talking about this matchup a lot, but we're going to start with some sort of the, the latest news, really, uh, at the time we're taping this on Monday night. Uh, all the talk is really about the transfers. Um, it's kind of dropped a, a bombshell onto this week. Uh, they're already in damage control mode heading into this week. The news over the weekend was that Rico Kearney had decided to transfer. That was on Sunday that he tweeted that out. And then on Monday, Sean Savoy, the wide receiver, decides he's transferring or at least lets everybody know he's transferring via social media. Mike, uh, I'm sure this is not going over very well with with the fan base. Yeah, if it was on DEFCON 5 already, I don't, is the, I don't think there's anything higher. So, I don't think so. Um, people are headed to the bunker. Um, look, I mean, and I said this last week, I think, on the podcast, that transfers are a sign, generally a sign if people are just sort of bailing, uh, leaving ship. So, obviously, I don't think it's good. I mean, especially guys, weird timing, like why not play yeah. against Virginia? I don't think this – you know, uh, DeAndre Planton left earlier this season, so you know that was sort of like a case where maybe he was trying to get a head head start on some of the other because there's a lot of graduate transfers now, transfers with the new rules, uh, getting a head start. But I mean, there's a week. I mean, it's four days almost. So I mean, it's like, uh, w- why not play a UVA a game that's really important? Uh, Kearney has been playing. It's not like he's been sort of on the sidelines. He had an 18 tackle game. Yeah, he started that game and he still was on the field. Um, and so. Obviously, fans are going to read into it what they want. Fans that think the program's headed further down the tubes are going to say this is evidence of the fans that uh, still have some faith, which I think there are far and few between dedicated fans that do, are just going to say, look, these guys saw the writing on the wall. Dax Highfield's going to be a linebacker here for a long time to come. Shard Asprey has two more years at linebacker. Receiver, you got Damon Hazel. You got basically your whole starting quarterback next year, and Turner's got a bunch of years left, and he looks like kind of a stud. Uh, so Savoy obviously doesn't see a lot of playing time. Um, so you can kind of pick what your reaction is to it, I think. And I don't think you're wrong necessarily either way. I, I don't think transfers are good when it's players that are, uh, A, like Enrico Kearney place that's playing now um, that could compete in the future. I mean, there's no reason he couldn't necessarily beat out uh, Ashby next year. I mean, you know, another year of competition. Um, so that's not good. Uh, be just, it, you know, you have depth at these positions. You're feeling good. Now it leaves just a little thinner. Just kind of screws you up. You know, these are positions you were probably feeling really good about. You're still okay because I think you have a lot of talent, but it, it just hurts your depth. Yeah, the timing to me is what's really, really bad about this. Yeah. I mean, the rest of it, I mean, transfers happen. I mean, you know, I, I had a love affair with Khalil Pimpleton on this po- on the previous iteration of this podcast. We had a Pimpleton minute every week, and then he transferred. Uh, broke my heart. But I understood. I mean, people Just because of his name, or did, <laughs> did you talk to him at all? It was, it was kind of a long story, but we kept hearing all these great things about how, you know, he was this water bug who could really run, and, and we never actually saw him out there, but uh, sort of became this running joke. It's almost like the Coleman Fox thing, where you see him on the field, you were excited. Um, I guess that transitions into <laughs> Savoy. With Savoy being gone, uh, Coleman Fox has moved up to number two on the depth chart behind him, uh, behind uh, who's number one at that spot. Grimsley. Grimsley. Was, yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, the timing is just – you're right. It, why not just play – stick it out four more days. Uh, play – try to c- keep the streak alive against Virginia. Try to contribute in some way to that. I mean, if they're both saying on Twitter that, hey, thanks, Virginia Tech, for everything. You know, no hard feelings. We just want to try to find a new place. 
which I guess is sort of the form letter you send out when you when you transfer now. I mean, if you still don't if you don't hate the program, why not try to help it out one last time? Well, Kearney did throw a little bit of shade. Savoy did not. Savoy was just you know this is best for me. Uh, Kearney said that he didn't feel like he gave a, a fair right. chance to showcase his opportunity. A little, and you know, Foster, I, Bud Foster, I asked about, uh, you know, did it catch him off guard? And he kind of, I thought, was a little bit more revealing than Justin Fuente about some of this, just that he was caught off guard because Kearney was playing. Uh, so it's like, what are you, what are you more asking for? I mean, you just want to be the starter right away. Right. I mean, he was the backup. He started two games. Um, and, and Foster didn't say directly, didn't directly call or say anything bad about it, but said he wants players that are unselfish. And you can kind of read between the lines and, and, and you know, he wants players that are dedicated to the cause. Um, and obviously, uh, you know, I think he, he that when you're when a player's playing and they're a redshirt freshman, what else can a coach do? I mean, if you have guys ahead of them, I mean, that's that's normal. That's how I mean, that's how most places are. Um, so that was kind of I, I thought probably the most telling part of today. Uh, Fuente, I asked him a couple questions about it. Didn't say much. Did say he's going to give him a full release, which I think gets lost in a lot of this. Is a respectable thing, you know. People kind of dump on your head coach and have dumped on Fuente in recent weeks. Given that these guys have full release, I, I think is not the standard in college football right now. A lot of places block players, uh, and he says, "If you know, you can go help someone else." I guess got, you know, go, good luck. But um, those were kind of the notes that I, you know, standing out to me. Well, the other the other thing that stood out to me was that, you know, Fuente didn't wait for a question about this. I mean, he came to the podium here. For his weekly press conference, and he said basically, "Let's get it out there. Uh, I, I can't just talk about UVA and, and basically, I'm, I'm paraphrasing here, but he, it's not all just about UVA right now. I've got to, I've got to address this uh, because I know everyone's talking about it. I know you guys are going to ask about it. You know, you're going to write about it. Um, so I mean, it, it is. I mean, you could ask whether that's a distraction, but I think that tells you right there it is. I mean, it just it already is a distraction in a week where you don't need distractions." And, and, you know, it could go either way, though, too. Could bring the guys together, be a sort of a rallying point where, look, there's a couple guys bailing, that, you know, maybe guys being a little bit selfish because it is looking out for yourself first above your team. I don't, I don't think that's not questioning their decision. They did what's best for them. Sure. But at the same time, you're saying, look, my future, my career is more important than this UVA game because I'm, I'm packing up my locker and heading home. Um, so maybe it's a, a little bit of something where you say um, – uh, got four game losing streak to rally around. You got all these streaks with UVA in the bowl, but I mean now you got players. You look at you know, look the guys in this locker room. We're all together and we're going to do this. And so may maybe that's something a, a little bit of a spark. Uh, I, I mean, because it could go either way. Could guys start? You know, more guys get that that itch, or more guys say, oh maybe maybe that's maybe I should do that. Um, but something I don't think the coaches certainly wanted to deal with this week, especially now, you know, you got it's basically tournament style, uh, tournament style season uh, for them. So, um, but like you said, Fuente addressed it head on and, and I think he had to, and I think it's better for him. We can't hide it because no. it's all public. And you did, you did foreshadow this last week. You said, if you want to cling on to something positive, it's that nobody's jumping ship. Whoops. Everybody's fighting hard. Um, well, I mean, it is what it is for hey, these guys. And but that's in my defense, there are guys fighting hard. There the, are. The Bryce Watts thing is fascinating to me. He that had is. nine days from getting plates and screws inserted to basically put together his forearm, and he was back on the field. That sounds really unhealthy to me. I Well, it was funny because I asked Fuente a couple weeks ago. I was like, are you, you know, done for the season, obviously? And he's like, I wouldn't say that. And I'm like, 
oh my god, can't we say anybody's done for the season anymore? His arms off, and then he comes out on pregame warmups, and I'm like, you got to be kidding me! And he after the game, he's like, it's fine. I was ready three days after. Let's go. So I mean, there are guys, uh, the guys that are left, I guess. Uh, the numbers decreasing, but the guys that are left are fighters, right? Yeah, no, I mean, look, and that's one thing. Uh, you can look at that as a positive or a negative, and one one neg- way, negative way to look at it is, you know, the UVA week is supposed to be, the emotions are supposed to help you out, right? Like mm-hmm. the emotions of the week. But if they've been playing hard all along, it's not the hardness of the play. It's not that they haven't showed up and, and tried uh, or been focused. They just not haven't been good enough to win. Uh, let's let's talk briefly about the Miami game. Uh, it kind of felt rinse and repeatish to us. And I know Dalton Keene even said that. Yeah, Dalton Keene yeah. had the money quote where it, you know he basically said, uh, "It feels like he's saying the same thing every week," and he's right. Uh, it feels like we're writing similar things every week. But Miami beat, beats Virginia Tech thirty-eight to fourteen. Uh, that makes the first time ever that uh, there's been four straight losses at Lane Stadium in a season. Um, and there's a bunch of other, you know, go back to the Yeah, if you want to find stats, stat heads can go back and find all sorts of crazy, you know, when's the last time they lost four in a row in a season? When's the last right. time? You know, it's, it's look, the numbers are not good. <laughs> the, 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 no. the, it's not good. That's the bottom line, not good. But, you know, defense played a little better. They had they had more of their guys back. Miami's not very good offensively, but, the, you know, I think the total yardage was almost identical for the two teams. Uh, you know, special teams hurt the Hokies. Uh, offense wasn't good after the first drive, first couple of uh, series. So, uh, you know, anything out of there that you would take and say, well, that was, uh, that was different than what we've seen in these other games? I guess, I mean, the defense playing better than they did against Pitt is – well, almost again, inevitable. It but. won't be anything the fans will care to think about. But that pass Nikosi Perry completed to himself was was next level fun. Yeah. Remember that when Dax Hollyfield had him? It cost he, Dax Hollyfield a sack. Cost him a sack. Almost was a fumble. Um, Fifteen yard loss on a completion to the quarterback to himself. I thought that was kind of fun. That kind of stood out. But the fans don't care about that. Um, what else stood out? Uh, the f- off near fight at the end. I think that's another sign that this team's sort of sticking together a little bit. We we were in the back and we didn't get to see it. I, I went back and looked at it later. Uh, Ryan Willis, man, he took some hits in that game, and then that cheap shot at the end. Um, he's lucky he didn't get his head knocked off. Um, and then, the, you know, Virginia Tech was ready to fight at the end of a meaningless game, uh, ready to throw down. So, I mean, they're they're fighting. They're trying. They're just not very good right now. Yeah. I mean, that's the bottom line. No, right? and, and where it leaves them is, like you said, a tournament-style uh, win or go home scenario. They got to win this week. I mean, obviously they announced over the weekend – that, that they will play Marshall. It had already been reported, but they confirmed they will play Marshall only if they win this game against Virginia, and they need to do it in order to win the uh, get get into bowl. So it's it's a scenario where you could play one game and be done, or you could play up to three games the rest of the season, which in in college football just doesn't doesn't happen. I mean that's no, this it's, is it's not it's not three or nothing. It's not three or one. It's it's two or one often, but not, never three and one. So. I, you know, I guess it's it's not hard to focus when when you know you've got to win. Elimination style, baby. Um, and that's sort of one I was asking some of these guys this week. Like, if if we're to take what Dalton Keene said at face value, and I and I think it's I think it's a very appropriate quote that it feels like every day, every week is the same. You're kind of beating your head up against the wall with the same mistakes or the same results. The 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 fact that Virginia week is markedly different. It's just a different 
vibe. It's a different week. I think that might help you set hit the reset button as opposed to you're playing Marshall this week, then you got Virginia the week after that. Yeah, and, you know, they they don't give us much when we ask about sort of the, you know, the, the it being different because their motto is 1-0 and they have to focus and this and that. You know, obviously UVA means a little more. But I'm sort of just fascinated by the idea that now they've got – to win they've got to win two games to get to the bowl and and this all this these streaks are on the line uh you gotta feel a little bit of pressure here and, and i would think oh a ton uh, and it's a young team too uh which is weird i mean you know bud foster was asked about the seniors he's like i've got two and usually that number is a little larger um and so i just think that it's going to be pressure feel, filled and you know virginia taking a different approach to this week with not allowing their players available for the media um, we talked none, to none of their players. None of their players. Uh, we talked to basically all the seniors except Stephen Peoples, I think, that are contributing right now. Um, uh, but it, it's a weird road ahead and a weird season. I mean, just sort of par for the course, I guess, just with how this season's gone. Um, but and it's an uphill battle. I mean, it doesn't feel like. I mean, they're what four and a half point underdogs at this point. Um, yeah, I saw four on covers.com this morning. I may may have gone up. But this isn't the only time. I mean, I, I know fans are freaking out. But what a couple of years ago they were under home underdogs as yeah. well. Was that fourteen or fifteen? I'll have to go back and look. But yeah, it wasn't wasn't very long ago. Yeah, uh, I guess it would have been fourteen, right? Because they, they played at home on even numbered years. So yeah, fourteen. Yeah. So uh, I, I don't know. I don't know how it's going to affect him. Like you said, maybe it's just that you could say, look. It's a new season where, you know, in basketball, you do say, you know, that's how coaches approach it. It's a new season. Right. Nothing that has happened before matters. And that's technically true because you're basically, oh, no, and you just got to win every week. Well, even though I didn't remember the year, I definitely remember the, the, the sensation of Virginia being a, a favorite at Lane Stadium. Oh, what's that? <laughs> <laughs> but I, I remember what it felt like to see them be favored at Lane Stadium, but I still didn't feel like – like they were prohibitive favorites. It was one or two points, you know. It was, and it almost feels like Virginia Tech has to do something, uh, you know, superhuman to win a, win this game. And that didn't feel that way back then. It was like, okay, two pretty average teams. Virginia's been a little less average. They've been a little better uh, that year, but but the Hokies have been that bad. Where you know, it's just. Normally it's, it's you'd hard say, to envision a, a win in any in any way. Well, normally you say you're at home for those two games. Get Marshall at home if they play, and that's your benefit. But, right. I mean, they have not played well at home no. at all. Um, and that's concerning. You focus a lot of that on Saturday, just about are these guys disappointed? You know, you're, these fans. I mean, by, by the uh, middle of that third quarter, that student section, you could count how many students were in there uh, kind of clumped in different parts together. And that's not what you want to see from Lane Stadium. I mean, there was still – Probably close to 60,000, 55,000 fans there, and, and they were almost all headed to the to exit by the end of the third quarter. Um, and there's been lopsided losses at home. Uh, and so that's uh, uh, that's got to be – it doesn't get in their head, but it's got to be st- starting to be a thought, right, As, you know, yeah. if it happens too much. Yeah, and, and like, I just – look, we talked last week, should there be heat on these coaches? And we both said, yes, there should be some. It it just it is amazing to me though that it's getting worse and worse. I mean, it's just getting worse. Like you, you kind of feel like it can't get any worse than than it is, and then it's it it drops to another level of, of bad. And I've never seen this um, in in eighteen years being around this program. Um, it's been you know, obviously 
and back when they were winning 10 games a year, I kept telling people, you know, appreciate this, you know, because for a lot of people it wasn't enough. You know, you're not going to the national title game. You, you know, you're either first, you're last. You're, uh, so I, I kept trying to remind people that millions of uh, programs would trade places with you, you know, or, or yeah. dozens, dozens of programs would. Um, and now we're seeing the other side of it. Like this is this is this happens, uh, but it just didn't happen to Virginia Tech. Yeah, you have to rebuild. I mean, most programs do. I mean, far and few between. I mean, Florida State right now and Georgia are the only teams with uh, Florida State has the longest streak. Georgia has, uh, I think it's like twenty one. But every other streak bowl game, I mean, there's been five or six over twenty years. Um, but I mean, and and those teams all went through Michigan, famously. You know, they had they had a uh, basically whole transition coaching period where they went to Rich Rod and, and Brady Hoke until they got to Jim Harbaugh. So, I mean, it happens everywhere, basically. Um, and Florida State had some lean years with, you know, qualifying for bowls. But um, now the task at hand, you've seen Virginia a couple of times uh, in, in person. Um, you know, and, and Coach Fuente talked glowingly about Bryce Perkins. Is it all about stopping Bryce? Is it going to be the Bryce show, you think, Saturday, or is it more than that? That's number one. That's that's the thing, uh, and it's been ever since I saw him in the spring game. I said this is a difference maker, and he's turned out to be that. And Bronco has made no, you know, bones about it. If as he goes, they go. You know, he he and uh, Alamade Zacchaeus, the uh, senior wide receiver, who's uh, you know one of the fastest players on the team, along with Bryce Perkins, who's another uh, speedster. You know, those two guys. Are, are one and one a Perkins is one and 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 uh, Zacchaeus would be one a for the, that they've got to stop and and I just I'm not very confident that they can I mean Perkins got uh, beat up a little bit last week we didn't see the game because we were covering our own game at the very same time but uh, you know you see the Twitter you know the tweets and things about uh, what's happening with him he's coming off and he's coming back on but I mean you know, he's he's gonna play um, and I don't know if he's limited in any way but you know, the Hokies have to hope he is because he's uh, he's exactly the kind of kryptonite that that's given Bud Foster fits over the years. Somebody who you know just drops back, sees a lane, nails it, and and he's gone. Well, and then you know, uh, in the second half of that Miami game, Perry was kind of running that, that zone read inside and mm-hmm. and faking, and they'd go outside a little bit, and they had tr- kind of trouble with that. And Perry wasn't exactly, I think, the kind of athlete that, that Perkins is. No. Um, so, uh, and, you know, I asked about Caleb Farley today, and, and some of the problems with some of the defensive backs has been contained on the outside with the run. Uh, and that's probably got to be ner- uh, music to Perkins' ears, I, I would imagine. Because um, it just seems like any, it, once these uh, athletes get to the second level against Virginia Tech, they're gone. And, and they've allowed so many big plays. You know, big play in the second half was kind of what killed them against Miami with that run uh, that was 30 yards untouched up the middle. And so when you talk about a guy like Perkins that could kind of set the table on you uh, and, you know, they got a lot of guys banged up on Virginia Tech and, and how healthy are they going to be? And, you know, I, I Jared Hewitt still not 100%. And, you know, Mahode has been playing a lot more. I think that's really been and really hurt this team up the middle because uh, I don't think Mahode is 100% right now. Um, just still rehabbing that ACL and, and what he's able to do, and they can't play Leon Hewitt and teams have just gashed him up the middle, and, and you just worry about Perkins kind of dropping back, seeing it, and just torching this team because uh, we've seen it most of the last six weeks. Yeah, and it is really, it, it, like I said, it's hard to envision the way 
Tech wins. I mean, and, and that is just an absurd thing to say coming into this season. I mean, they've won 14 of these in a row. How many do they got to win in a row before you say they're just not gonna they're not gonna lose? But I, unlike you said, they don't have a running game that could keep the ball away from them. They, they don't, don't have a defense that can stop them. I mean, you got some nice things in the passing game, but it's not consistent enough right now. Um, so how do you come out of that? You know, special teams has been an issue now. Uh, I mean. You gotta, you gotta start like you did against Miami. You gotta get that drive that goes right down the field, put some points on the board. All of a sudden, Virginia starts thinking about, uh oh, here we go again. Because they're they're gonna feel some pressure if they get behind because they have been targeting this for forever. I mean, we were talking about it in Charlotte in the preseason, and I asked Bronco about it in Charlotte. You know, he I, he's he was talking about Virginia Tech, and I said. I said, this is very odd for, you know, you don't see people, you know, because we're used to the 1-0 stuff. You don't see people talking about their rival in August. You know, he's like, it, it has to be done. We have to we have to set it as a priority. We have to think about it constantly. It's not mutually exclusive that we think about them and we can't focus on beating Georgia Tech or something. Uh, but so, they, I mean, this is this is their Super Bowl, it, but it has been for 14 years and it hasn't mattered. Um, I think – I think this year they're they're the better team. Uh, do you want to do predictions now or? You, well, we're going to talk about the bowl oh, streak right. or uh, the UVA streak. Yeah, uh, let's talk about you've that. You've been here for a good portion of the UVA streak. Um, yeah, the whole the whole one. Bowl streak and probably precedes you a little bit. Yeah, because uh, that uh -huh. goes back so far. Um, more important, I mean, and you probably have a better sense for just living here uh, uh, longer. Um, what it means to this fan base. What do you think is the more prestigious? What's the more important of the two? Um, obviously, the bull streak is a little bit longer at this point. Yeah, I think nationally the bull streak is more prestigious. I mean, I think you know nobody really cares how good Virginia is or how good Virginia Tech is in, in relation to Virginia. Uh, so I, I think there's, there's kind of a two-part answer. I think nationally the bull streak is is the bigger one, but when you when you look at uh, just locally, uh, the UVA streak they they've just taken UVA's complete soul away i mean they've just said <laughs> that they i know that's dark vivid. but but i mean like it's just if you listen to the uva fans after every one of these turkey games and and it's just like they got to wait another 365 days to get another shot at this i mean you saw kyle chung's shirt what did it say 4,382 days in counting that's what his shirt said, and it had a picture of 365. You got to add 365 because I, I asked him when, when he got it, and he said he got it after last year's game. It was kind of a cheesy looking shirt, but I think they could have done better. Production values with this university need that, that they could spend a little more on shirts, is what you're saying. But especially I mean, with that Amazon campus. Now. But think about what you can do recruiting wise when you have a 14 year streak. I mean, you really want to go to Virginia where you, they haven't beaten us in 14 years? Is what you can tell a recruit. Uh, you you know. The fans, I think part of the reason it's been hard for Virginia fans to start coming back in droves is the streak. I think the streak is, you know, they've just been demoralizing to the fan base, too. And well, and like you said, nationally, when you're up there with uh, teams like Georgia, programs like Georgia, uh, Oklahoma, you know, uh, uh, Michigan. State. Yeah, yeah th that's a uh, that's an impactful thing. Um, but I think they don't recruit probably on that because it's kind of a nebulous thing like, uh, you know I, the the recruits in Virginia, that's that that's not what's driving that. Um, and there are some bad bowl games. Like I mean, does anybody sure. really get excited about 
Yeah, how, what, what are some of the ones you went to? Sun Bowl, Independence Bowl, and uh, just, you know, uh, a series of uninspired bowl games. So uh, unless it's the New Year's Six right now, I don't think that sort of gets, fa- I mean, fans all that excited. Yeah, it's um, more it's more indicative of consistent right. strength. Yeah, you know, it, you know you're just a consistent pro, because all you got to do is win six. So, right. I mean, you could have bad years and still win six games. Um, but locally, yeah, the Virginia game, um, 14, you know, you just don't want to be part of the end of it, really. I mean, that's really the bottom line. This coaching staff does not want to end it on a down year. I think if you were having a good year, you could sort of survive it. But when you're a bad year and it's the exclamation point on your bad year, that's not good. Because it's going to leave the whole offseason, and I've talked about that. It's going to make the whole offseason long. Um, and it ends the bowl streak this year, it just so happens. It's like a, it's like a, it's not just a loss, right? It's a loss and everything else this year. Because exactly. if you were seven and three, or you know whatever, and you're in between Camping World and some other average bowl game, well, what's the difference, right? I mean, yeah, it stinks to lose, but you still are playing. And you still played well this year. This year, you're terrible, and now Virginia gets to stick it in your face on your home field for a fifth straight loss that's never been done before. That's like next level bad so and then you're four and seven and you have to cancel and then you don't your get to play that marshall game <laughs> you game can't buy your 25 marshall. ticket for general admission so then the whole world then thanksgiving <laughs> is ruined you know because it puts a bad taste on dessert basically the day after can't go black friday shopping because you're so depressed right um i guess you can hit the bar earlier which is good yeah but um but no, but seriously, it's it's. You've been encouraging these fans to be I drinking. Been, I have been week after week. <laughs> I, but I think you got to. Um, <laughs> but seriously, it's I I like in a normal in an average year, I don't think it sort of would be devastating. This year, I just think it's devastating. Just what everything else is. You know what's gonna be interesting? We, we were pulling up some clips from the tw- 2015 game yeah. to find uh, something that, that was mentioned at the press conference today. But I mean, you could see all the Hokie fans there. I mean, the Hokie fans took over Scott Stadium many of these years. I don't think that's gonna happen in this game. I mean, I, I think Virginia Tech fans are gonna protect their seats a little better in this one. But it could be interesting if 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 Virginia does something similar to what Miami did. And and all the tech fans leave or or, or leave early, and all all you see so you is their Virginia fight song fans? at the end of the game. Do, I yeah. don't know what the fight song is, but I mean they gotta have one probably. Um, yeah, and you know drinking. From, do they drink from the cup or no? They just uh, it the Hokies used to take it downtown, and then yeah. And, so now know, they're gonna be celebrating ales out of it. Yeah. Probably won't celebrate in Blacksburg. That's recipe for a fight. But you know taking it on the bus and Snapchatting photos or oh, Instagram yeah. and stuff. Look, I just think it's just it's just it's not great. It's not a great situation because then on top of that, you got the Marshall game um, that you've scheduled but not really scheduled because it's an optional game. They don't <laughs> even have the game. Uh, it's just it's 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 not, it's like you're between a rock and a hard. And really, the, the answer is win, right? I mean, I guess you have one option, and you got but you got to play better football. Um, and that's been easier said than done. I mean, let's go back to that drive, that first drive against Miami. I mean, they they marched right down the field. Of course, it was mostly passing, right? They didn't run the ball at all. I no, they can't I don't remember. Run. So, and that's the thing. I mean, Peoples, Stephen Peoples, this will be his you know senior day game on on Saturday, and I, I you know, you want to write something about him because he's a local guy, but. I mean, you can't say like he's like transformed their running game into something powerful. He just well, he's over. I, what you could say about Stephen Peoples is that he's not probably a Division One starting back, but he's found a way to be consistent and found and played above his uh, I think ceiling to the point where they've had to rely on him. Um, and you know that's not 
necessarily good for Virginia Tech, the program, because um, they probably would want a more dynamic, I think, top back. But he's a consistent player, and I think would be a fantastic complementary back on any team in the ACC, including this one. Um, but as a starting running back, you kind of say disappointment because they're not he's not producing at the level they need him to produce. But I don't necessarily think he's in a position – that's not a good position for him to be in. It's, it's an easy story to write in a lot of ways, though, because the anecdote that Kyle Chung told was a, his freshman year – you know, he's getting some playing time on special teams. He's kind of a tweener, fullback slash tailback size. And he, he told us, you know, the first – the opening kickoff, he laid a huge block on somebody. So we went and watched it, and he did. I mean, he crushed some some guy, and then he goes after the kicker after that and gets another block in. The, this is a freshman here. And then later we've, we found his lone tackle – his lone tackle is a uh, smash at the ten yard line on a on a kickoff when the game's tied thirteen to thirteen against Virginia. Um, so you look at the box score and it says one tackle, but you look at you look at the film and you say Stephen Peoples is really helping this team out. And I think in that sense he's you know he's overachieved in a lot of ways. Yeah, and uh, look, this senior class is an interesting class. You got Ricky Water. It's not very big, but you got Ricky Walker. You got Eugene or uh, Kyle Chung. Eugene is his dad. Uh, who we found out tonight was Bud Foster's first recruit. Yeah, an interesting was nugget. Kyle's de- father in 1987. It shows you the longevity and the ties that bind, right? Well, you have Faf, who's another six-year uh, senior. Um, Vinny Mahota, who's changed positions and, and gone through a bunch. So uh, interesting season, senior class. The ho- you know, see, it'll be senior day, um, and th- it'll be they can extend their season on senior day. That's a it's. A, fascinating storylines all around um and i think ricky walker you get the sense that he really wants this that it's been a disappointing season all year uh for him just because of you know he's been kind of the lone guy standing here uh, as far as like see you know on, uh, uh experienced talent um and he hasn't had much to celebrate i really like ricky and and he's he was great in charlotte before the season but to his credit he's been great Every you know, like he's I was the guy. Say, we'll probably to talk to him after the game, so yeah. I didn't say it. But I, you know, there's some players where you say, as the, from a me- member of the media, you say thank you yeah. for every game, win or loss. Yeah. I've only been here one year, but I mean, for this year, he's been the guy that they've gone to, and he's been, uh, you know, not every answer is uh, is a philosophical statement, but consistent, tries to give us something, thinks about his answers, and he's a stand-up guy. From our perspective, and I pointed this out, anybody that talks to him isn't just a standard sort of he's a great player. They find uh, Bryce Watson, face of VT, uh, today was elite. You know, they find these different words. You know, they're they're talking about him, not just talking about a guy they like. You know, they're, they this guy has meant something to most of these players that he's played with. Yeah, and I don't think there's any question. You mentioned it. I mean, there's nobody on that field that on Saturday is going to or Friday, this Friday, that's going to win want to win more than him. I mean, there might have some guys that are tied. Maybe Justin Fuente. <laughs> Maybe, yes. Remember, he said nobody cares more than him. You know, Frank, when Frank was getting trouble, and, you know, he would start to have a couple losses in a row or something, which didn't happen very often, he would always dress up in a very nice – jacket and tie for his press conference that week you know he'd have he'd have a sheet of <laughs> that was not Fuente's approach today <laughs> he would have a sheet of, of loose leaf paper with stuff that John Boleyn had written on there you know about you know the bull streaks and all the good things about the program and he'd consult the sheet I once wrote a column just about the sheet and what the sheet represented the sheet always represented trouble like there was no sheet today but 
and there was no suit. There was uh, there it was, was like a t-shirt and shorts. He was he was ready to get back on the field. I think he looked like he just come from the locker room. Yeah, the warm up or the Bud weight room. Frazzled. He's been under the weather, but he he looked. Yeah, he he's looked not like he's, he's not feeling good. He's still and uh, he still might coach from the booth again. I know fans are freaking out about that. Like, oh my God, what does that mean? He was really sick. Uh, all week last week, he's still sick. Said he's getting a little better, but still might. If he's in the booth, don't use that as a sign that the world is ending, even though it might be just because the streak is ending. But now predictions. <laughs> you want me to go now first? Now this. You want me to go first? Yeah, you go first. Well, I have said many, many times I wasn't going to be suckered again, but I'm suckered again. I'm going to take Virginia. Uh, and I <laughs> – I'm going to go 10 points. I'm going to go 30 to 20, something in that neighborhood. So suckered that you're putting – you're thinking the street. Yeah, it's, it's the whole – the metaphor we always use is, is Lucy with the football and Charlie Brown. You know, like it's like, oh, he's, they're going to kick it this time. You know, this is the year. Virginia's going to do it. And it's like – because, you know, Virginia Tech is vulnerable. You know, Virginia Tech's got some, some chinks in the armor here. And then it's like, no. You show up on the game and you're like, "Why did I pick Virginia? What was I thinking? This doesn't happen. They don't. They don't win this well, game." I'm but, gonna get Lucy, I guess, in the other direction because I picked Virginia Tech a lot and they've failed me almost every single time. Yeah, but I'm gonna do it because I think it's just appropriate. I'd like to see it. I'd, and and I, I just have a feeling the season's going to end in that makeup game against Marshall. They'll win the loss at Marshall. <laughs> they'll win this one just because it's appropriate, right? The season's been insane. Yeah. It hasn't made any sense. Uh, and it's just been kind of a wild ride. And uh, I don't know, Virginia's an okay team. Bryce Perkins, I think, they can hold Bryce Perkins uh, to like three touchdowns. I, th- I think they could do it. When was the last time Virginia Tech looked good in a game? The first like seven minutes against Georgia Tech, when the, the offense looked really good. They had that 21-point outburst. Okay. Defense looked terrible. Yeah, I mean – it's yeah, and they looked okay in the first half against BC defensively and against Miami first half. I will say this: when I looked at that line on covers dot com, they have you know where the where the public is is going, and it was sixty percent on Virginia Tech uh, plus the four. So I'll go pretty, field goal. Let's, let's say so. Let's say twenty eight twenty four. That would be, and I wonder. You know, I mean, look, there's a lot of a lot of uh, bad things going on and with this program right now there's you can't make it all right with one victory but that would be an interesting scene for sure i mean it'd be wild and 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 from a reporter and you know justin fuente says this all the time selfishly that's what i would like to see i'd like to see them celebrate uh and these the storylines out of that with the seniors uh with virginia being the favorite uh that's just that's a that's what you want as a reporter you want to see a good story, and I think that's sort of the better story. Well, I'm an underdog guy, man, and that's why that's I told why you, Virginia I, Tech's the underdog. I told you last week. I said for, to me, every yeah, every that, year yeah. Virginia has been the story, but I actually think the story's down here now. I mean, it's in this it's in this press room. It's it's in you know, where we're we're taping this right now. Where week after week we're these somber, underground somewhere in Castle press conferences. Um, it's it's interesting, and Virginia. I mean, they're it's like you said. I mean, they're 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 not world beaters. I mean, they they're having a better season. 
They're 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 organized. They look pretty good. Well, ESPN does those percentages where they run the computers. It's fifty fifty. It's a coin flip for what the prediction is. Like, have they been watching Virginia Tech lately? I mean, the computers know everything. I think is what the answer is. Okay. But. Well, you got twenty four twenty one something like that. Twenty eight twenty four. Twenty eight twenty four. Okay. Well. I mean, we'll see. I mean, it's probably uh, yeah. Gonna be I mean, I'm look. I'm looking forward not. to the game. I mean, I and uh, you know, we, like you said, we don't know Perkins how banged up he was and and how healthy he's going to be, and that would make a big difference. Um, you know, you got to hit him a couple of times. You just got to hit him. You want to get you want to get your hands on him early, knock him up, rough him up a little bit. Yeah, and and that's another thing. Somebody asked Bud today about uh, not being able to, to blitz as much. I think Norm asked about it, but. And he's like, yeah, you know, he blitzed a little bit more last week, but he's worried about, uh, you know. Inexperienced guys not reading. Exactly. But I think they need to take some chances because they need some turnovers. I mean, they're not getting turnovers. That's sort of a, you know, Saks. I mean, what they call it, this place, Saksburg. It hasn't really caught on, but they tried to call it Saksburg. You can't give yourself a nickname. You got (laughs) to know. Because they have more Saks than – uh, any other school and since like which is such a, like it's like, it's like yeah it's like so many years like it's like 800 years we've had more sa- it's like well okay well, whatever you've been playing football a long time you that's that's just silly but you need you need those kinds of plays to get this crowd juiced up and and get this crowd uh, on a instead nick- of feeling on a completely different front on a nickname front i think our colleague mike barber said brian willis looks like a uh, a bull in a china shop running on the field and i was thinking about that and his kind of persona and looks and and sort of um his style do you think a good nickname for him would be moose oh, i thought you were gonna go raging bull no it looks like a moose he does a little, yeah. it's moose of, I th- and it it's kind of fits his uh it fits him don't you think moose yeah and then he could run over somebody and the whole crowd could go moose yeah, yeah i like it okay i'm gonna, I'm gonna try are we allowed to do that, catch that no, to i think we can do that i don't think it's rooting in the press box if we just chant <laughs> moose <laughs> i just mean are we allowed since to, nobody we knows allowed what we're talking about the nickname i guess we are that's part of what we do. That was sort of a weird tangent, but we well, can okay. we can go there. We can uh, now start our pick three. Okay. Uh, I'll do. Uh, <laughs> so this will be one and two. So this is an extension from a couple weeks ago. The kids were not in school last week because of weather again. Right. For the ninth hundred, they've been in school less this year than they've been in school. Uh, and so we went to. So that's one, and it's ridiculous. And I understand safety and all that. But if, like, you're worried about the schools in the hills, they have to be a separate school system because the weather was not bad enough to cancel school and have late arrival the next day for Wednesday and Thursday last week. Ridiculous. Right? Noted. I mean, okay. your kids – your kids canceled? Uh, my kids were two-hour delay. Both days or, or – uh, Just the one day. Just the one. We had – The no, day it was really raining. School it was canceled that day. The next day it was late arrival. Wow. And then, you know, had and, – and I was thinking back – I don't know if this was when I – the – when you were a kid, did when voting happened at the school, did you have school? We always had school when they had voting. Yeah, I don't remember getting election day off. Yeah, I don't, and obviously security has changed that because we would just see people walk through the, you have the <laughs> voting booths in the gym. I guess they changed that, but still, they're never in school, so that's frustrating. So then the second part, so I had to find something to do with them, and so we saw the Grinch uh, uh, in theaters. I'm gonna uh, guess. Can I guess? Yes. Terrible. Awful. Okay, I fell good. asleep for a good hour, and it was still there was still like 45 minutes. After I fell asleep, like half hour into the movie, it was really incredibly long, um, and just really boring. They had no new take on the Grinch. I, I he's he's Grinch. He's grumpy. He's green. It was just there was nothing new, and I thought it was going to be something sort of like why remake it if you're just remaking. Doctor Seuss remaking nailed the thing. it in 23 minutes, right? Right. He nailed it in 23 minutes, and why you know it's all an filler. It's all filler. It's the other Grinch with Jim Carrey. 
I mean, I knew that was going to be all filler. Give him a backstory that he was a sad adopted child. Spoiler alert. But I mean, it's a whatever reason he's sad does not make. I mean, my kids like he's terrible. He's a terrible person. And I'm like, yeah. And they were they got into it because he was stealing Christmas, which is like literally a crime that, you know, for kids, it's like the number one crime. Like there's no worse crime than stealing Christmas. So they were into it. I fell asleep. I hope I wasn't snoring. And it was packed because everybody that wasn't in school was at the movie theater because kids don't go to school anymore. Uh, so that's right. my one and two. I just, I'm outraged about the lack of schooling. And now this week, they get four and a half days off, or three and a half days off. Tuesday, half day. Wow. And then they start breaking like two weeks. So when they grow up stupid, I guess I know why. It's not <laughs> my fault. Well, that's a really good point about the Grinch, though. I mean, they, any of these things that were done... In 23 minutes, you gotta have new a new something to it, or tell a different. It's just the it's the 23 minutes in the middle, and then just filler, like you said, at the end of the beginning, and none of it was good. It's like the Coneheads movie. I never saw the Coneheads movie, but the Coneheads are supposed to be about three minutes long on SNL. (laughs) (laughs) Even then, they're probably too too long. But that had uh, Chris Farley, so I'll I'll take that. Yeah, no, I don't think did have Chris Farley. Farley, Yeah, he was the uh, the daughter's girlf uh, boyfriend. Okay, and Chris Farley, yeah, uh, God rest in peace. um, you can't get enough of him, you know. No, no, Farley's so, great. Uh, there was no Chris Farley in The Grinch. There was no character that sort of added anything. Uh, it was very disappointing. Okay, my my weekly uh, Richard Bachman update. Uh, high five. I've, I'm reading The Thinner. You've probably heard of Thinner. That's a. Well, did they make a movie of that one? Yeah. Uh, I'd never read it. I've never seen the movie. And I've decided why I like these Richard Bachman books so much. They're, they're all about story, man. The, the story. Because I think lately Stephen King's really trying to re- be a better writer, you know, more more literary, like Duma Key and some of those books. And it's like, all right, just get on with the story, man. I want to see what's happening. This is a very easy story. This is almost like a short story uh, in terms of y- the plot moves fast, and I'm enjoying it very much. So go, go Richard Bachman. I wish you'd come back. Do you have a second one? Because I, I did two. I only have one more. I do not have a second one. So you're only going to do pick one this week? Uh, I'll think about it while you do your third. <laughs> um, my third one. So we're going to try it again. Take the kids to another movie this week. Because uh, we do, you know, we're away from family. We're not going to be able to travel because of the game. So we'll be here on Thanksgiving. See Wreck-It Ralph, the second. Did you see the first Wreck-It Ralph? With the, uh, your kids uh, are sort my of. My kids, the, yeah, my kids They're not aged on that good. one. That, wasn't, yeah. th- that was more for adults. You know, like, a, it, it's not a bad one. I never saw it. Uh, it's pretty good, uh, especially if you grew up playing video games and stuff. Uh, a lot of the, this one's about the internet. Uh, interesting. Interested to see um, if the sequel is is good, you know, as good as the first one, because the first one was good and the kids really liked it. Um, but just hoping for some sort of entertainment, because uh, Thanksgiving, my wife's gonna work. It's not really a ho- when your wife works and you're not with family. It's not really a holiday. It's just a Thursday, so we gotta find something. So we're gonna try Wreck It Ralph, um, and we'll see if it's any good. All right, I watched the NASCAR race on Sunday, and I may be the only one who did. Um, but had a little short-term investment on it, and that helped. But it, it I like NASCAR. Like I, everybody rips NASCAR, and as a columnist, I'm supposed to rip it, and I do. I, you know, the crowds are crap, and the the TV ratings are crap. But I mean, it was an exciting finish to the season. I think the season's too long. I mean, it'll be just a month or so before I'm down in Charlotte for the preseason media stuff. And the and the guys just don't get There's enough. There's a preseason media day for yeah, NASCAR. They have like a two day event in Charlotte. That's something new that I would have 
never known. No, I mean, it, but it used to be like three or four days. It spread out, and they had parties and stuff. That, but now it's all like uh, just all business. You know, go down there. You know, it's all crammed in. It's not. It's not very fun anymore. But it's you can get a lot out of it if you go down there with the right mentality. But I mean, it's just. I don't know. I, I, I like the storylines. I know people think these guys are too cookie cutter, but I saw Joey Logano who won the race last night and won so therefore won the title. The reason he was in the final is because he won at Martinsville, the game, the race that we cover. So uh, kind of cool. And, and Martin Truex had told him uh, he won this race, but he's not going to win the damn war. And, well, he won the damn war. Uh, congratulations to Joey there. That was a – what. How far is that away from us to Martinsville? Martinsville? Uh, it's about an hour from Roanoke. Okay. Yeah, I don't have a sense of the geography yet, so yeah, I'd imagine that it's down near the North Carolina border. So, uh, it, yeah, it's it's the only major league sport that, that competes in Times Land. Um, obviously, we consider Virginia Tech a major league type sport, right? But, but a pro but professional, an actual level, professional yeah. major yeah. league sport. Yeah, so uh, it's 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 good for the area to have two races there, and they they still draw fairly well given NASCAR struggles. So. I, yeah, still don't watch it. Never can get into no, it. No, I mean it's it's a, it's, a, it's an acquired taste. I remember well, I was I'm from Maryland, so I didn't you know I didn't grow up watching it. But I remember the first time I really th- started thinking it was kind of cool was when I went I was covering it and I watched the driver introductions, and I was standing right there by the drivers as they were getting introduced, and I was like, these guys are going to step into these cars and risk their lives right after this. You know, they kiss their wives and girlfriends or whatever, and then they get in the cars, and I'm like. That takes some guts to do this. Now, not so much at Martinsville where they don't go over 100 miles an hour, really, but uh, some of these other places, Talladega and Daytona and these other places, I mean, this you got to have some, especially before all the safer stuff came in, you know, after Dale Earnhardt Sr.'s death. I mean, it, it was a very dangerous sport at that point. And it's Speaking of danger, this is like a bonus. We have a bear in our neighborhood. Yeah. And I really want to see it. Oh, you've never seen a bear? I mean, I've seen a bear in the zoo, but like in our neighborhood, oh, yeah. like it's we been had like one last summer. it's like attacking like potted plants, and it attacked it, uh, att- uh, attacked it. Uh, it, uh, it went for our garbage can. Yeah, one night. tie that down. Yeah, uh, I, I really want to see it. Well, if you leave your trash out, you will see it, and uh, you will be hated by the neighbors for luring him back. But the, a woman the other day saw it like in her driveway. She came, she drove in, and was just in there. She honked her horn and it growled. Sounds terrifying, but I definitely want to see the bear. Yeah. Oh, I had one eating trash, eating my trash. Uh, I got good pictures of it. I'll show. Oh, you did. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, He was right there. Um, I actually wrote a column about it because I did what they would. Because after, (laughs) well, I did because I did three columns right there. You're done for the week. I did what they were supposed. They tell you're supposed to do. Because make no noise, right? You're supposed to make yourself big. Right. And you're supposed to make as much noise as you can. Sure. So I didn't know, you know, what that. So I, I actually literally went outside, put my arms up, like, why, why like not I just was doing leave a butterfly him? stroke, and I said roar, like I how'd that like work out I for you? Enunciated the word roar. Yeah. Uh, he just looked at me, and he was eating spaghetti uh, out of the. Why trash. did you not just let him have his dinner and walk away? Uh, you just had to. Eventually, that's you had to tell him who was boss. Well, I mean, we don't want. Bears. But then you I mean, got, got it. Two but then, young children. But so that's worse, though, right? Like he can't. You went out there and he saw you, and he's like, "No, I'm gonna finish." So then, then he thought it was his house, right? Eventually, he he left after he got his fill, and he. I mean, they're very athletic. Those things. He climbed up the wall. And Is he like a bowling outside. ball? Is he like a Stephen <laughs> Peoples type uh, running back? Okay. What well, a full this circle. This podcast there. has gone as far off the rails as this program. 
Um, As this Virginia Tech season has. Oh, all right, hundredth, hundredth, hundredth Wealth Cup coming up. Yeah, it is the hundredth. Yeah. You gonna write anything about that? I mean, I'm gonna write about the game, but I mean, like hundred. Just like I said earlier, when you've been around long enough, that's not an achievement just because you've been there. Yeah, because you've existed. I mean. Yeah. Well, are you looking forward to your first Commonwealth Cup? I am. Like I said, I, I'm. I'm sort of. I want to see uh, some fun storylines uh, from this game. What if you see Virginia 38, Virginia Tech 14? That would be a depressing way to finish this. It would be a long exact off season. same yeah. game that we just saw. That would not be the best storyline. No, I root for stories too, man. I, I want to see a good game. I want to see it come down. I want to see something better than the Grinch. Yeah, now that's a good way to end it. Better than the Grinch, you guys. Let's see what you got. All right, that'll do it for this week. Be sure to check out all our coverage on Roanoke.com. Have a happy Thanksgiving. From Mike Nizolik, this is Aaron McFarling. We will see you next week.